It was rather unusual how Anne and Suki came to be together under one roof. They had met in person only once, a couple of years ago, when Suki arrived at Anne's house in Nashville. They had traded uh, emails after that first meeting, every now and again, and their exchanges had slowly moved from practical questions of work and travel towards more heartfelt answers of beauty and joys that took them by surprise. The messages carried ever more care and affection. And still, they, they hardly knew each other. Suki had known about her cancer for more than a year when she mentioned it, almost offhand, to Anne. Months rolled by, and Anne was vaguely aware of treatment, but Suki didn't belabor it. They were in and out of touch. Life carried on. Eventually, Suki shared that she was seeking a second opinion, and a third. The cancer had returned. Anne asked, almost on a whim, I think, if she could show Suki's medical files to her husband, Carl, who was a doctor and might know of more options. This is when the story lurches forward. Yes, there was a clinical trial for pancreatic cancer underway at Carl's hospital, and Suki qualified. She could start immediately. I'll pick you up at the airport, Anne started, and of course, you'll stay with us. I think she said this maybe without fully considering her offer. And Suki balked, grateful and uncertain. Finally, she agreed to spend a night or two at Anne's house while she got her bearings and found another place. This is how it came to be that in late February of 2020, Suki and Anne met in person for the second time. Imagine the unfolding scene, the two of them embracing at the airport, the first meals shared together, the conversations both curious and a little cautious. Imagine the wonder of it and the risk. This bold love is at the heart of our story of all stories this day. There is nothing orderly about the birth of Jesus the Christ. Perhaps it's planned out just so from God's perspective, but But from our side, if if we step back from our cozy familiarity with the babe in the manger, we see unbridled life swirling in. We watch as the wildness of creation takes hold and spins light. God coming among us, coming to be one of us, 
this choice is tremendously risky. Can you catch sight of this truth? We tend to carve this story into beautiful crushes. We, we carry these carols so deep in our hearts that we might miss the danger of it all. We can forget to be awed in the face of this risk and the courage that rises to meet it. Here is a girl. We call her a young woman, but she's a teenager. 14, maybe 15. In many ways, she is still a child. And yet, here she is cradling a child, cradling the child. Mary's decision to say yes puts her whole life on the line. And this doesn't happen in neutral space. They live with the promise of the empire's oppression. Soon, too, comes the threat of violence. Joseph sees it in a dream. Herod is already seething. He will stop at nothing to snuff out this new life of grace. And it's not just the risk of how Mary herself might be hurt. I think she knows how this may end. She was told right from the beginning that this child would be called the Son of the Most High, that God would give him David's throne. She knows she has given birth to one who will make the powerful quake with fear and fury. And still, the answer is yes. Mary's yes to the angel. Joseph's yes to staying with them, to shouldering the scorn and the exile together. And God's yes to taking on the fragility of life in human form. Still, they, they risk love, all of them. The whole of the nativity is terribly, wonderfully risky and drenched in love. This risk of love is what Anne and Suki took also. Back in Nashville, the three of them, Suki and Anne and her husband Carl, they had a few weeks to get to know one another while the world ticked forward as expected. Anne, an author, zipped away to speak at book events and then came back to host more at her own bookstore. Carl worked long hours at the hospital. And Suki settled into a new rhythm of weekly chemo sessions and yoga. She was still planning to find another place, but it wasn't feeling quite so urgent. But... It is now March of 2020. Anne is in New York when she hears that people are canceling events. It seems like overkill, but then maybe not. By the next morning, everything has changed. She gets home to Tennessee quickly, home to her husband and to this relative stranger living in her basement. 
Suki suggests that she try to get home to California, back to her family, while she still can. But already so many flights are being grounded, and the risk is too great for her health anyway. You can't go home, Anne says. And we don't want you to go home. She means it. They land in the strange new world of sheltering in place together and begin to form shared routines. Suki still goes to chemo, but otherwise they are mostly at home. She's a quiet house guest, spending much of her time painting or working on her own. But as the days turn into weeks and then months, they begin to cook together begin to walk the dog together. Anne and Suki start practicing yoga with these hilarious old instructional videos, first in the morning and then in the evening, too. Perhaps because their time together is so good, Anne begins to realize just how risky this whole thing was. What if her guest had turned out to be awful? What if they couldn't stand each other? What if they were stuck together in this house for the pandemic and were just miserable? But there is, there's also another greater risk that they took, a quieter one. What if they came to love each other deeply? Settling into this tender time, the time of pandemic, of chemo, of the great unknown, both women discover that in many ways they are becoming more fully themselves, more fully alive than they had yet been. In their love for one another and in loving each other through such a time, they are made whole. And even a wondrous and unlikely friendship carries no guarantees on what may come. Wholehearted love always carries risk. This is the incarnation. Grace comes crashing in, invites us to risk love, and makes us whole. It is an all but unthinkable gift, a a gloriously impossible gift. And it comes, it comes again now. God steps through all risk to dwell on earth to love us here as one of us. And God asks us to risk love in our own lives. Where is it for you? How are you being pulled into that risk of love this Christmas? It comes in a thousand shapes. It arrives as the vulnerability of reaching for reconciliation, of trying once again to trust good intentions. 
It surprises us as the the tender uncertainty of carrying your whole heart into an unlikely new friendship. It comes as the challenge for so many of loving yourself well. And here in this place, I witness it as the courage of stepping into new community, open and ready. The incarnation is inherently dangerous, and it is an awesome gift. For friends, this is how we come fully alive. This is when we are made whole. It is in following this courageous mother, this generous God, this fragile newborn life, and choosing to risk love.